This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. This week on the podcast, I'm chatting to Instagram expert and post-the-grid founder, Colette Adwin. So Colette works with businesses, helping them to make their brands stand out on social media, particularly Instagram. And I decided to ask her to come on the podcast to talk about what happened when Instagram completely changed the goalpost last year and had a big focus on video and how she coped with her business. So that's what we talk about in this episode, but we also talk about lots of other things as well. We talk about what happens when things change and the goalposts move. Actually, how we can fall in love with problems and challenges rather than see them as something that is devastating for our businesses, which is how Colette could have viewed what happened last year. We talk about how actually we're never really finished and how important it is to look backwards and see how far we've come rather than constantly be striving forwards and thinking about what we want to achieve next and not recognising our achievements. We talk about being bold, doing things differently, doing things your way. And actually, it's not about throwing the rule book out the window because there aren't any rules in the first place. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. When I ended the chat with Colette, I was absolutely buzzing. She's brilliant. You'll find all the links to find out more about her in the show notes. Now onto the main part of the episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And thank you, Colette, so much for coming to talk to me. So hiya, Colette. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to me. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me on here. Um, well, I'm Colette. I am a content brander, um, which is basically a fancy way of saying I help people create content that is fully branded and has impact, um, but is also very, very distinct and unique to the person who creates it. And I do that in a number of ways. One of the ways that I do it is uh, through Postergrid, which is a company that I founded a couple of years ago. Um, which creates seamless Instagram feeds with a difference. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so I've been I've been seeing what you've been doing with Post Grid because we I see you on social media. We've been connected for a while, and it's dead exciting. Um, and I know you touched on it as you introduced yourself there, but can you tell us a little bit more about content branding? Because I know, um, yeah, I'd just be it'd be really helpful if you could explain what that's all about. Yeah, content branding is it's it's a phrase that I coined a couple of years ago to explain the process of creating content within your brand concept. So a lot of people, when they go into business or when they're trying to promote their business, think that they have to get their branding done. And then they try and squeeze their content into their branding or they do it the other way around. They create their content and then they try and decorate their content with something that looks like something like their brand. And what happens is they're basically having to do the work twice for every single post. Yeah. And what content branding does is it simplifies the whole process. You create a brand and a whole structure around um, your your basically your values, who you are, what you do, why you do it, your vision, where it is you're going towards, your vocation, what it is you actually do and who you do it for, your vibe, the energy that you bring and the experience that you offer, and then your voice, the overall message that you deliver, the promise that you offer people. So all of those five things combined are your brand. And from that point, you can develop your branding and your content. But that bit is a 
is a process. It's not something that you sit there for an hour and go, okay, I'm going to have these colors and I'm going to choose these fonts. It's more a case of how can I express this core message and this promise? So essentially, the way I like to look at it is your branding or the styling of your content is a preview of what your customers are going to experience when they work with you. Yeah. And um, so the more powerful that preview, if you think about a movie, the more powerful that the preview is and the more it relates to the audience who might want to see that movie, the more people are going to go and see it or the more people are going to come and follow you, connect with you and hopefully buy from you. Mm-hmm. But from that point, we also draw out all of the content. And as we produce the content and we get feedback from people responding to our content, we end up refining those five points even more. We tweak, we refine, we edit, we change. And from that point on, we just evolve until eventually we end up with this um, much stronger, much clearer brand and much clearer content and much clearer voice, which isn't mistaken for anybody else. Other people can't then lift it and pretend it's theirs because it's clearly yours. Yeah. But that takes time. So I, I'm not one for quick band-aids and quick fixes and templates. I'm one for actually developing your message and your brand mm-hmm. and building a relationship with your customers. That's Love it. it. In a okay. <laughs> um, I'm very pleased that we're on the same page with the quick fixes and and that kind of thing. Um, I know I, I know you know a little we know each other already, but I, my background's journalism and I've worked in journalism for obviously like years. But I've worked in journalism before social media and really before the internet. When people used to pick up newspapers and articles that have been written by me, they used to say, Oh, I knew you'd written that before I looked and I could yes. tell it was your voice. And I guess with with what you do, it's a visual I know you have obviously you've got the words that go with the post, but mm. it's a visual version where you can go, Yeah, that's that's Colette or that's Rachel or whoever it is mm. in, um, in less than a second yeah. in less than a second humans are brilliant at identifying and recognizing voices tones visuals identities mm-hmm. yeah. we're, we're primed to seek out identities so um, I think when we're creating content on social media we're often offered templates and simple solutions and little hacks but everybody else is doing the same thing and so you end up just looking like everybody else and sounding like everybody else. And it feels safe and it feels like you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. But very often we get caught in this this little world where nobody sees us. You know, there's, it's one thing to be visible. visible. It's another mm-hmm. thing to be seen yeah. right, and recognised. Yeah, I agree. And I've talked a lot about that, about this on the podcast and um, pre-written quick things that kind of thing and mm. actually I feel like had like more from a written perspective I had a really mm. lovely guest on a few episodes ago called Aileen she's a dog trainer and she was she just writes beautifully she writes mm. so well um, and she will share a simple photo of a dog she's worked with or a place where she is and she'll tell a really great story people mm. will know it's her people really relate and I know you've you, from your perspective it's a visual as well but mm. Um, why do you think I know obviously the answer I know what the answer is but I want to hear it from you like why do you think it is so important to be unique to stand out and be you um oh god there's so many reasons for this <laughs> um the easiest way that I can think of to explain it is that if you go into um like a new city and you've you've never been there before a new city or a new town and you, you've been walking around and you're a bit tired and you want a coffee for example So you look around and there's going to be cafes everywhere, cafes and coffee shops everywhere. So I'm going to, for the purposes of this 
analogy, I'll pick some like main ones in the yeah. UK. So there's Starbucks, which is obviously global. There's Cafe Nero, there's Costa, and then there's your local cafes that you're also going to notice. Now, you're not, all you want is a coffee. You're not actually um, choosing the place that you go to based on what it is you want, which is the coffee. You're choosing the place that you go to based on the experience that each place offers, right? So you might prefer one coffee over another, but you might think that one coffee shop is louder or you might think that one coffee shop has a better place for you to plug in and work for longer or you might think that one coffee shop is a better place to meet friends with or take your kids yeah. to. So you're going to be looking for something that suits your needs, not just get the products that you're buying. Yeah. You want that whole experience. And when we are putting ourselves out there and sharing our voice, if we're only sharing a kind of overview of what it is we're selling. So if we're selling... um dog training services, for example, and we're using all the same language, which is, you know, the language that our customers understand. And we're using all the same expressions and all the same tones and all the same image styles and stock imagery. There is nothing there to help the customer choose you. There is nothing. There is no information at all. It's like having a cafe without yeah. without a a menu or a cafe without being able to look through the window to see what it looks like. I mean, if I don't want to go to the one of the main brand coffee shops, I want to go to a local coffee shop, I'm going to look through the window. I'm going to see what the lighting's like. Do I want something that's bright? Do I want something that's dark? I don't know. It's different for me and it's yeah. different for your customers. So you have to know that experience and then express it. And that's the bit that gives you who you are. And nobody else can replicate that. And that's great. You don't have to work hard at it either. Once you, it, you do have to be courageous, mm -hmm. but you don't have to work hard at being who you already are or at the service that you already offer because it's where you naturally shine. Yeah. And your customers want that. They don't want the other thing. I love the simplicity of it. It's really, I think it's something that we have to keep hearing over and over again that it's okay to be us. Um, and I just love how you've explained that. That's a really great analogy. So thank you. So tell me about Poster Grid and how that works in creating that unique you and that that brilliant hits you right between the eyes impression of you and what you do. Yeah, Poster Grid's a bit of a strange one, to be honest. I, it it developed because um, I, I I was doing brand design at the time. And so obviously Instagram's a very visual platform. So I wanted a way to showcase or have a portfolio of my work on Instagram. But what happened was when I was posting my content, even though it was on brand, the little thumbnails together looked like a mess. Yeah. Right. So that my, my initial problem was I can't possibly say that I help people with their visuals or their content or whatever. If my content looks a mess, even if each individual post was great. Yeah. The collection looked rubbish. So that I played around with, um, the Instagram aesthetic. And this is, mm -hmm. this is one of those times where you can get sucked into a wormhole and you follow other people's advice, right? Do the checkerboards, do the rows, do the, you know, have a nice Instagram aesthetic, pick a filter, do all of these things, but none of them belong to you. 
So, and none of them belonged to me either. And what I found was I, I, I was restricted in what I could post on each post. So I was like, oh, I can't post that today because it doesn't fit with my grid anymore. And it complicated the whole process. So what I initially wanted was just a simple way to be able to post whatever I wanted, whether it was repurposed from Instagram or LinkedIn. I could just plop it on my Instagram feed. I could create new content if I wanted and repurpose it elsewhere. And it would always work well together. So from that, I created this you know, seamless feed, which at the, in the beginning was really complicated to make. Right? And I, I had to use like quite... um advanced software and it was it was a bit finickety but over time it became simpler and I realized that I could do this for other people um, and what happened was I, I started getting messages in my inbox which was oh I just saw your feed I have to give money to you this was from complete strangers I'd never had anything like it in yeah. my life so I was like oh my god this is amazing I have to do this for for more people but I didn't really know how to move forward from that point so I had to get advice and um, you know get speak to some people who were strong in that area um so that was that was basically the beginning and in the end um i developed a course to help people do it for themselves now yeah. i was very very anxious teaching this process to people because yeah. in order for post to grid to work you need to have a strong brand identity and most Business owners and entrepreneurs, particularly in those first few years of business, um, who don't have teams managing their social media or even the first 10 years of business. I mean, it doesn't actually matter. There's no timeline on this. Let's be honest. Yeah. Some people don't all have big teams of people to manage their social media. Um, very often don't actually have a strong brand either. They think they know what they're offering. They know the services. They got all the marketing help, like how to sell, what to offer, how to discount, or all that. They get all of that help, but then they actually have no idea who they are and what their promise is. And it's the promise that is, is fundamental. So I created a course where I teach people how to build a brand. Mm -hmm. And from the brands, they could create the poster grid. And since then, it's now yeah. evolved. So now I also just teach poster grid for people who already have a brand and they don't need mm -hmm. that first bit. So okay. that's, is that what you asked? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it was about where poster grid came from and what's different about it. So um, oh, you, right. you've answered both of them very Oh, right. There you go. Yeah, um, but yeah. I love, I love the whole, I love that you said how, you know, I just plop something on my poster grid and like, Collette, please don't look at my Instagram. But <laughs> your Instagram does not look like things have been plopped on it. It looks blooming. Obviously, you know, obviously this is what you do. It looks amazing. But mm -hmm. I just love that you said it like that because it's like, no, it is really good. And that's why you've got people in your inbox saying, I need to, I need you to help me. I need you mm -hmm. to um, make it happen. So tell us about like what makes it different. Uh, obviously, I know because I look mm -hmm. at your account, but what makes it different and what do people love about it? Right. Uh there's a few things that make it different and a few things that people love about it, which are actually sometimes different. But um, the thing that makes it different is that it's not a series of templates. So it's not like an Etsy template or a puzzle mm -hmm. grid, which, you know, is pretty generic, pretty basic, and you just change your colors and add some content to it. It's not a series of sliced up pictures. Um, it's one complete image of your business or brands but yeah. each post contains information in its own right so you can use that single post on any platform it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be just on instagram um 
And then it just keeps going and going and going and going. But it's simple to do. Yeah. And, and this is the bit that from the outside looking in, what one of my struggles with actually selling it is that it looks hard. Yeah. Right. People look at it and like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not creative. And the thing that people love about it is that when they do it, they can do it and they blow their own minds. And, and the, the beauty of it is it's such a simple process that once you know how to do it, you can adapt it in any way that you like and you can apply your brand to it. No two poster grids look the same. They're all clearly distinct, clearly different. There is no similarity. There's no generic vibe. There's no formula other than the creative method. And once your post grid's created, you can just plop your content on. <laughs> <laughs> right then. I, I, I look at your poster grids. I know there's another lady actually who's a poster grid. She uses poster grid called Kate, who came on the podcast last year. Mm. Um, Kate Hoyle. Um, she uses it and it definitely mm. does look very polished. So thank you for yeah, thanks for sharing. And also mm. the reassurance that it can actually be easy because as somebody who is not a designer, that's, mm. you know, stuff that people really, really want to hear. So um, you have created, you've created Poster Grid. It's it's images rather than mm. video. But I, I imagine you could, can you, right, please, again, excuse oh, me. Oh, yeah, no, you can add video. Expert, but can you... Um, use a poster grid cover for a reel and that kind of thing yes. if you want yeah, to. Yeah, so you can have reels, carousels, yeah, yeah, the whole thing, reels, carousels. Um, I went through a stage where I did um, a whole series of just reels. Yeah. Um, and then I've added in carousels, static posts. Mm -hmm. You can throw in um, GIFs and little yeah. animations. There the, the really is no limit on how it can work. Um, it. <laughs> I'm trying not to sell it. No, I'm no, no. You don't sound like you're selling it. I'm asking. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, you are allowed to, to tell to, us about your yeah, thing. <laughs> to, to be honest, it, it's just a, a... So for me, it was a way to, not, to be able to have a presence on Instagram without having to focus on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think uh, there is a big challenge for a lot of business owners because we have to be kind of everywhere all at once. And some of our customers are going to be using Instagram and some of our customers are going to be using LinkedIn and some of them are going to be using Facebook. And a lot of business owners don't have huge audiences. So we need to be able to have a presence in multiple places, but we don't have the time or the resources to be you know, constantly churning out content, which is obviously where repurposing helps, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so, but for me, Instagram wasn't a priority. I just wanted a place where people could see my work. That was yeah. it. I, di I didn't, I wasn't interested in um, growing my audience there. I wasn't interested in, um, other people are, some poster gridders yeah. are, some poster gridders love it or their whole um sales strategy is based in Instagram. Mine isn't, which is bizarre yeah. because, you know, it's my business. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I just wanted a landing page. Yeah. I just wanted a place that people could find. So sometimes I'll post once a week. Sometimes I'll post a few times a week. Sometimes I don't post for months. And I'm okay with that because mm -hmm. if people want to hunt me out and they find me on Instagram, I know that my content there is mm -hmm. strong enough for now 
to, to carry me through and then I can add to it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, lo- yeah, I love that you said that because I was having this conversation in, if I've got a Facebook group and we were talking about engagement and I'm not a social media expert at all. Um, you know, I help people raise their profiles and work with building confidence and press coverage and things, but never ever would try to claim or be a social media expert. But one of the things I felt was when people find me on social media, I want them to think, okay, she seems all right. She looks like she knows what she's talking about. She's getting good results for clients. She seems like a, you know, a nice person. I want to work with her. I don't mm. feel, I won't, I, I just, because and I feel like that takes away that necessity to have that engagement and the likes and the, yes. and, the and all the things that we put so much pressure on ourselves to have. Um, yeah. So engagement, likes and comments, they're not essential for sales. I saw a great quote, uh, not a quote, a great post on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. I wish I could remember who'd done it, um, but it was something along the lines of there are billion dollar companies who post on here every day and they get no engagement. Yeah. Right. And it's true. It, you know, you get companies, I'm trying to like, you know, engineering companies, for example, they will post regularly about their stuff for their audience. Their audience doesn't engage, but that doesn't prevent them getting sales. What does prevent people getting sales is that people don't know that they exist. Yeah. So you, a lot of the time we just have to be in people's worlds. Yeah. They might not need us right away. They might need us another day, right? But if 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 we're not there, they can't find us. Another, another yeah, a couple of years ago, there was a woman. Uh, there, were, there were two women actually on LinkedIn, and both of them were selling a similar product or service. It was a similar service, and one of those women I really quite liked, right? And she was like uh, entertaining, and her posts were fun. And um, the the other woman was still kind of finding her feet. And I'm not comparing these two women at all. Anyway, the first woman who I quite liked disappeared, went off radar. But the other woman, the second woman kept posting, right? I can't remember that first woman's name. And that second woman has since been my customer and I've been hers. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got nothing to do with how great your content is sometimes. I I I'm and I'm a content brander. I think the, the the quality of your content is important. I think it's really important, but I also think it's important sometimes just to be there for other people. Mm-hmm. So our content and our brand, it's not for us and it's not about us. It, it's for the people who who are in our world who need us. And yeah. the, 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 the more we just put stuff out there and, and help people out and let people know that we exist and share our knowledge and share our expertise and the, the easier it is to bring people into our world who – they can be following you for years before they'll ever engage with you. But if you disappear or don't post or people don't even know you exist anymore, they can forget that you exist. And I think that's even, that's, that's really sad because you can put in all of that work and then give up on a platform and people forget that you're even there. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting perspective. And I've, I've actually started doing, um, different social media posts where I pull quotes out from people's interviews. So you have given me quite a lot there. Thank you very <laughs> much, Colette. Um, what I, so when we're on that theme, we're talking about people seeing, people seeing your content and thinking, yeah, I want to go and chat to her or I want to go and work with her or I want her to train my dog or I want to go and find out more about PostgreSQL." And 
I've followed you for ages and I love your stuff. But I saw this post the other day where you talked about Instagram and the changes on Instagram and how you responded to it. So as you know, if you're listening, you'll know, unless you're under like a rock last year, that Instagram went moved over to video and there was a lot of upset from people who'd found found a community and built businesses on the platform. And then they were it, for, for people who didn't feel confident or couldn't you just didn't want to make that change and that's absolutely okay to video to please the platform people were frantic about it weren't they mm. but with yourself I loved what you shared because you were like okay they changed the rules but I you know I who cares about the rule book I'm just going to do me and that was yeah, what your post was all about so tell us about what that was like when um yeah when there was that change and the goalposts were moved yeah, it was quite an interesting time actually. So I I I'm I'm actually doing a presentation on Saturday and I haven't fully decided what it's going to be about, but I'm contemplating the idea about being in love with problems. So that um that this it's a it's a summit about love, right? Yeah. So my thing is being in love with problems. So when the goalposts moved, to me that was quite a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> because my whole <laughs> My whole business was about the Instagram feed and the Instagram yeah. grid and Instagram were like changing the kind of content that they wanted people to use. They were changing the format of posts and the priority of the square post was being ditched. They were playing with changing the format of the grid, right? So these were quite big problems for me. And <laughs> who, you know, I had a business that was a year old. I'd taught all these people how to create a post grid using the parameters that were already in place. And suddenly they were all up in the air. Now, fortunately, because post grid happens to be an incredibly flexible way of creating content, even though it doesn't look it from the outside. It was quite easy for me to then just give my community a few quick fixes so they could, um, you know, have larger posts if they wanted. So they don't have to have the square posts. They can have the portrait posts. I could help my community with the reels, make sure they could do reels covers. I've got one poster gridder. Um, her name's Carrie Cronin. And she specializes in um, reels and helping people with reels. And her whole grid is a poster grid, but every post, I think 90% of her posts are reels. Um, so that was that was all manageable. And we'd all I'd already solved the reels problem before this big thing. But when mm -hmm. Instagram talked about changing from squares to portrait posts, I got excited because for me, it was an opportunity to prove to people that poster grid could be used no matter what. It like if 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 Instagram changes their formatting to one big post with like like two at the top and three down the side, poster grid works. It makes absolutely no difference. I it, so. Uh, initially, although it was like a bit of a setback because obviously people were not going to invest in an Instagram solution while Instagram was up in the air. Yeah. For me, it was an opportunity to look at what could be done with PostgreSQL and how flexible PostgreSQL could be. So there was a there was a, a knock on effect, um, financially speaking, mm -hmm. but not creatively speaking. Because what a problem does is open the door to new opportunities, new solutions, new ways of doing things. And it gave me the confidence that I didn't have before mm -hmm. that PostgreSQL was something that had an answer for people. 
So until I had that problem, I wasn't sure that Postgrid was all that, <laughs> if that makes sense. I knew I liked my business. Yeah. I liked the idea. I knew it was helpful. But until there was a problem to face and I over, I could see a solution to it, I didn't have that confidence that I have today. So it's brilliant to hear that it made you, um, yeah, it t- you know, it made you feel really resourceful and gave you that confidence. I really love that because... I feel like sometimes when things change, you know, I've worked in newspapers, you know, worked in the media for years. I've had newspapers shut down and magazines shut down and you have that initial, oh my gosh, you know, what I'm going to do? I've got this big hole in my in my income. Um, but, you know, you've, you've talked about like, okay, actually let's, you know, let's go and grab hold of this challenge and run with it and to, you know, turning it into a really great experience. And I feel like, I know I've followed you for ages, but I feel like seeing your posts and seeing um, you just be, like really we used the word bold didn't we when we were talking before mm. but just being really bold about you and what you were all about and actually that feels like it's made you the whole experience has made you stronger which is a really positive thing isn't it yeah I think yeah actually but I think anytime we hit a roadblock or an obstacle it really is just I mean we can walk around it we can stop what we're doing and we can yeah give up that's always an option but I think sometimes when we see these things through it gives us so much more than than we can than we can foresee in the moment when we're in that place of kind of panic or anxiety actually there's there's something I I didn't another post the other day it's about the sensation of feeling unfinished Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that we are always unfinished we've always got more to do the laundry's never done the the, you know there's always another episode to watch in the latest tv show there's always another book to read or a chapter that we haven't finished or a project that we need to get started on or a project that's halfway done or there's always more to do and we have this kind of um, pressure that we put on ourselves where we set ourselves targets to achieve and we set ourselves um to-do lists to accomplish and this whole sense of of accomplishment and finishing tasks means that we miss the joy of the moment we miss that sense of being unfinished and the creative process is essentially a state of being unfinished people talk about creativity as though it's like some artistic result right they're like oh god that was so that's so creative and they talk about it as a finished product but it's not creativity is never the finished product creativity is that process from not knowing something to finding a solution to something or working through a problem that's creativity and the more we allow ourselves to embrace those feelings of discomfort of not finishing things allowing ourselves to not finish and thinking okay that's not finished and that's okay because we're never finished. The only time we're finished, this is really morbid, but the only time we finish anything is when we're dead. Yeah. That, it's, it's really morbid, right? So it's a joyful thing to not be finished. And, and if we revel in that, if we revel in that opportunity of this isn't finished yet, look how much potential there is in this problem. Look how much potential there is in this worry look how much potential there is in this pile of laundry i'm I'm about to stretch (laughs) go on keep them coming (laughs) that's a stretch 
But the, the more creative we can be and the more solutions we can find and the more confident we can become in ourselves, we can trust ourselves much more by actually sitting in that state of being unfinished and enjoying the possibilities that that can bring. When things are always finished, they're just done and then we have more things to do. Where's the joy in that? So, so good. Honestly, I love what you've just said there. Um, I've been just finished reading or listening to this book called The Gap and the Gain, and it talks about exactly what you've talked about there. Really, I have to read that book. You'd love it. It's this guy called Dan Sullivan, he's an entrepreneur coach. He's been around for like, I think it's about, I think it like is about 50 years, but he's incredible. And he talks about how we, how we should, rather than looking at what we haven't yet achieved we should measure backwards and look at how far we've come so mm. from your like in your world you know starting and having no idea about how to look how to you know work with your brand to building it to where it is now and not thinking oh you know I'm not coca-cola yet but actually thinking <laughs> look at what I've achieved and how far I've come and mm. this whole hedonic treadmill concept is where we have this um we have these goals and we think well everything will be okay when I have this or when I make a 5k month or a 10k month or whatever but actually we just keep moving it and what we should do is think oh my gosh I've just had a, a 5k month and I only used to have a 2k month a year yeah. ago and actually just enjoy that that you know I've done this and this is yeah. really great so yeah and, and also enjoy those months where it doesn't happen yeah right? because it, it's one of those things where every time something doesn't happen every time we we fall down every time something goes wrong every time we put a post out there and it doesn't get any engagement and nobody loves it every time we try something new on our social media or in our business and it just doesn't land for whatever reason we learn something we 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 get information all the time we're putting stuff out there and we're thinking okay well that didn't work will it work on another day is it just the mood that was in is it the weather is it the season i don't know i've got no idea but we've got information we've put effort in mm -hmm. we've contributed something to the world to the day to our own lives and that's something to feel good about whatever the outcome the outcome the outcome doesn't matter yeah and often when we think we're doing things that aren't that great actually they're the things that people connect with like i put a podcast <laughs> out the other day about um about my year last year which was very up and down <laughs> and there was stuff in there about you know launching a course and I went buy-in and all kinds of things that went wrong but actually mm -hmm. had somebody join my I've got a mini membership and I had someone join and she said I really enjoyed that episode because I learned a lot about you know a little bit more about you and I always think oh you've got to be doing this and like here today it's brilliant having you here as an expert I love chatting to experts but sometimes people want to know about you as well and yeah, yeah I think um, we just need to be a bit kinder to ourselves don't we and take stock from those moments where things go wrong and and look reflect at what we've learned rather than think oh you know beat ourselves up and think how terrible we are yeah because i mean things go wrong all the time like that no nobody has like like these these glorious lives that you say i don't believe them <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I would love a glorious life but i mean and even if people do achieve those glorious lives great because it shows that it's possible but it's not you know every day is not is not blessed but that doesn't mean that every day doesn't have joy in it and mm -hmm. every business month is not going to be a huge success but that doesn't mean that you can't get something from that month or feel joy with what you've done that month even if you feel like you've done nothing yeah 
So going back to the thing that we were chatting about in Facebook Messenger when we first set up this chat about throwing the rules out the window. Oh, yeah. Because you you do and you're brilliant. Just tell us like what your thoughts are on that and, you know, what advice you give to somebody who is maybe sticking to the rules and thinking about, um, I read one of your posts earlier today about, you know, we see these posts where people will say, you know, seven mistakes you're making here or if you're not doing this, you're missing out on this. And I read what you said and just thought, well, that's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> um, you know, what is your advice to people who might be listening to that and thinking, oh, you know, I, I just want to do things my way and want to throw the rules out the window like you have. What would you say to them? Oh, there's only one thing that they, it's it's not the advice that perhaps you want to hear, but there's only one thing that you can do and that is to take that step even if it's a small step, um, and, and if it scares you, great. Um, <laughs> th- th- there's no, there's no easy way. I don't think to throw the rule book out and to to just be you. M- many years ago, I saw a post on. I was uh, a little bit of context. I was at home and I just relocated back to the UK after living abroad. My husband didn't have a visa. We had no income. We didn't even have a bed. I was with my three year old son. We had no bed. We had nothing. Like things were dark and my mental health had dropped massively off a cliff. And my hair was just a state. And it was like I I used to have like really big bushy curls and things. And my hair was kind of wiry and wispy and dry and worn out. And I couldn't afford to go to a hair salon. And I saw somebody on social media, a, a woman, and she'd shaved her head. And everyone was saying about how great it was. And I was commenting, oh, I've always wanted to do that. And I had, because I remember when Sigourney Weaver shaved her head in whenever it was the 80s, whenever Alien came out. And everyone was talking about how brave she was to shave her head. And I didn't see why it was so brave because I really wanted to do it. I And I would do it if somebody paid me to do it. But I had the if clause in there, right? Yeah. I'd do that. What, what's the big deal? But I never did. And then I was writing this post, like, I've always wanted to do that. And then I was like, why haven't I? The only thing that had been stopping me this whole time was me. Nobody else wasn't. I mean, maybe I'd had a job at some point that might have looked down on me if I'd shaved my head. Um, But at that point in my life, there was no reason at all for me to not just do it. So I got some clippers, explained to my son, my my son's autistic, (laughs) so I have to prepare him for change, right? Yeah. I, I, I tried to show him some pictures and we set up a mirror in the garden so that he could participate. And I took the clippers out and started shaving my head. And the guard came off the clippers and I hadn't noticed. So not only was I like shaving my head to like, I thought something really short, I ended up going a complete zero. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I realized halfway through and I was like, oh my God. And then I realized there was nothing I could do about it. So I may as well just <laughs> embrace it. So I shaved my head, shocked everyone. The family didn't know what to think about it. I did try growing my hair again after that, but then I realized I didn't want to because it's who I've always wanted to be. It's who I've always been Yeah, is to not have to deal with hair. <laughs> Sounds silly, right? No. But sometimes you have to take those steps. Sometimes you have, it's hard sometimes to know what rules it is that we're following without, we don't even, we're not even aware that we're following them. I hadn't even been aware that my whole life I'd been holding myself back until that moment. And that was a, completely fresh start for me this idea that I could just do the thing that I wanted to do yeah like it's a strange 
It's a straight, and we can do it in small ways sometimes. But I mean, even if it's something like I, I was talking to my mom, um, and she, um, she lives alone now, um, and she won't go out for lunch by herself because she she feels nervous about sitting in a cafe and having lunch by herself. And I'm like, oh, that that's a rule that she's grown up with. That's something that she's been conditioned to to believe. And having lunch by yourself can be such a wonderful, peaceful experience. You can have whatever you want. You can treat yourself. Nobody's going to – it's something that I personally enjoy. I'm not saying that you have to enjoy that, but sometimes we have to take those steps. Go to the theatre by yourself. Do It doesn't have to be in business. Yeah. Do something that you've always wanted to do, that you've always been slightly afraid of, and try that. It can be something very simple. Or it can be something really bold, but you'll surprise yourself. Love it. Absolutely love it. And um, yeah, what, like you say, I love the story about the, the clippers and just <laughs> going for it and like, okay, well, I wasn't expecting that, but here I am. And my mane has now gone. And that's one less thing I've got to deal with every day. And, and look, you know, here you are now and you, you know, you'll, you're happy. And, what was the worst that was going to happen? It's just, it's a brilliant analogy. And I think I have seen some of that story before, but I've never heard the full one. So thank you so much for sharing it with me because what is a step for one person? What is a really big step for one person might feel completely different for somebody else. And it's like, what feels right for you? And, and yeah, I'm, you know, just, just taking that small step. Um, and I feel like being you, like what, what's come out of this conversation is you doing what you did with the clippers in the garden or, you know, doing things differently on social media. It's all just about being you and yes, and accepting that, isn't it? That's it, exactly. It's not about doing what other people expect. It's yeah. not about... So I've fallen into the trap so many times and I still have to check myself on social media where I'll see people posting advice or giving advice. And I've paid for advice as well yeah. um, that doesn't serve me because it's something that serves that person. So even my advice today, that that something that works for me it's not going to work for everybody yeah but you know we we can only be responsible for ourselves and the choices that we make are on us and it's up to us to decide what it is we want to do and then to understand that we can do it and it's that trust Mm -hmm. in in ourselves that we can do it people are going to react yeah whatever you do people are going to react sometimes you're going to get negative reactions mostly not actually mostly not yeah I um I feel like doing the whole I did the coaching qualification last year and it was you know I've always been into development sort of self-help crazy and all that kind of thing for years but doing the coaching stuff really did open my eyes to a lot of things and and sometimes I feel like when I work with clients I will you know I'll say you know do what feels right for you like do put your content out in a way that feels right for you because if it feels right for you then you're going to be able to do it whereas if you mm. do try and stick to a formula then you might not be able to do it and sometimes I think do people think I'm a bit rubbish because I'm not giving them a clear clear path to follow and I do in many respects you know if I'm showing mm. someone how to write a press release it's completely different it is actually yeah there mm. is a formula to this but actually the whole my feeling right now is just helping people understand it's okay to do things in a way that feels right for you and I think you've talked mm-hmm. so much about like this today and it's just really great to hear hear it from you as somebody who has set up a successful business by doing things the way you feel 
Um, and you've also enabled other people to do put themselves out there in a way that feels right for them as well, which is great. And you've talked about taking those leaps of faith as well, which I love throughout, whether it's chopping all your hair off or, or doing post to grid <laughs> or sticking two fingers up to Instagram or however you want to look at it. And um, is there anything that you that helps you um you helps you keep the faith, helps you hold your nerve? Mm, this is um this is actually a really powerful question because a part of me wants to say no, not nothing specific, but another part of me um understands that the there is a a driver um and it's i think it's um bigger than me yeah um it's not um so if i'm hitting a, a for example a couple of months ago i can't remember the exact time actually I've, I've, and i'm rubbish with time frames but a couple of months ago i wanted to pack it all in i, I was like tired i was like burned out um there was a lot to do and I couldn't see an end to it. And I was like, I'm just going to start again because yeah. that's what I've always done. Actually, I've often just started again. So for me to not pack it in and to keep going, actually, that is, that is bold for me, right? Mm -hmm. For other people, it's different. For other people, the act of actually starting again is a tougher decision. It's different for everybody. Um, but that the thing that keeps you bold or the thing that keeps you doing the thing that's uncomfortable or moves you forward in some way is just the choice to do it yeah that's it it's it, it's it's always just a choice you have to um you have to sit with yourself and decide if you're courageous enough to step forward in whatever way that is for you mm -hmm. I mean it's different for, for each case for each yeah. story for each and then you have to make that choice and and actually do it that it, it's not um there's not an easy I wish there was an easy like you know I hear people talking about meditating and hypnosis and all of these yeah. things are helpful I'm not saying they're not, and I've used them all. They help. Um, I've I've had coaches. I've had advice. I all of these things. They're all helpful, but ultimately, it boils down to a single choice to do or not do mm -hmm. the thing, and that choice is always on us. And yeah. we can only make that choice when we know what it is we're striving for, even if it's not clear. You don't have to be like. You know, talk about you know people have like vision boards and things. I, I don't necessarily have a vision board, but I do know that I want a better life for myself and my family. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like for 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 you might be different to how it looks for me, but I know that I, I want a better life. And if if that's going to happen, then there are certain things I have to do that perhaps sometimes I don't want to do, or I feel nervous about doing, or um. I'm not comfortable doing or that other people might judge me on sometimes it's just it's a choice yeah don't have a, a strategy yeah <laughs> so. it's like check is it yeah the way you've explained it there it's quite simple is it? it's like checking in with yourself it's like is this is this me is this right for me and mm -hmm. sometimes it, it is that simple isn't it um 
But yeah, I, I am really conscious of your time. Um, and it's been such a brilliant conversation. I know when I first contacted you, it was like, okay, I want to talk about this. And we've talked about the topic, um, mm-hmm. being brave, throwing the rules out the window, but we've talked about so much more interesting stuff. And I know that people listening who, who like what I kind of like this podcast and like what I'm all about, they are going to blimmin love this. So thank you so much, Colette, for coming and talking to me. And I could talk to you all day. But I know no, that you've got things you. to do. I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I love I love talking to you. You've got such a lovely way of asking questions and being you. Oh, and, thanks. So it's lovely. Oh, thank you so much. I feel like I've got my uh, my act together. Um, Colette, tell us about where we can find out more about you. I will put all the links in the show notes, but it's just good okay. for you to yeah. share your links out loud. Um, I'm I'm everywhere. <laughs> um so um you can find me on facebook as colette adwin linkedin colette adwin instagram poster grid um and then i also have a a secondary brand uh called think wonky um so that's my youtube channel and my tiktok channel um i think wonky is all about um just helping people step out and be more creative um so the youtube channel has like canva tutorials and a few random lives it's brand new so there's not (laughs) not a whole lot on there yet but it's building and um yeah oh that sounds brilliant right i'm gonna go and have a look at that i know you sent me all the links over ahead of our chat but thank you it's been such a brilliant chat um and i cannot wait to see what the reception is to this so thank you so much Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.